Hello, and welcome to the Biblically Sound Woman podcast, where we are gospel-driven and scripture-focused. I am your host, Ayanna Mathis, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today for another episode on the show. Now, on to our Biblically Sound resource for today's episode. This week's Biblically Sound resource comes from a friend of mine who owns an apparel shop for women. Sola Gratia was founded by Carmen Miller, who is the founder of Whole Magazine, a reformed Christian magazine for women. Based in Dallas, Texas, Sola Gratia co-launched in 2017 from a love of fashion and theology. Someone once told Carmen that if things are pretty, they're usually fluffy and compromises the gospel. Carmen and her company set out to prove them wrong. They create beautiful feminine designs with an even more beautiful message that doesn't compromise the gospel and exalts Jesus Christ. All of their merchandise exudes their love for God, scripture, and their reformed Protestant beliefs. I actually own one of her book chapter verse context tees in a size small, and it's the most comfiest shirt that I have ever owned. I've washed it several times, and the quality of the print stays super fresh and intact. Definitely check out the site, solagratia.co, for more information and to shop. And if you join their mailing list, you can save 10% off of your next order. Per usual, check the show notes for info and links, and I've actually posted a couple of photos in this t-shirt. I always get stares out in public when I wear it, and people who are Christians always love it too. Um, So yeah, I definitely recommend checking out their uh, line of apparel for women, um, and shop and get you some because it's a lot of fun. Okay, ladies, so for today's episode, as you can tell by the title, we have a very special guest joining me on today's episode for an interview and discussion surrounding how we can cling to God in a purpose-driven culture. With so many pushes to find, define, and walk in your purpose, your calling, and your destiny, I wanted to bring attention to a prolific writer, mother, author, speaker, Bible teacher, director, slash producer, slash songwriter, slash artist, slash all the things, voice and woman to join us as we unpack this needed topic. So please enjoy part one of this amazing chat I had with Kim Cash Tate. And be sure to tune in to next week's episode. So that way you can hear the rest of this phenomenal conversation because we talked about all the things and it was absolutely amazing and so much fun to chat with this warrior queen princess for the kingdom of God. So definitely stay tuned and enjoy this conversation with Mrs. Kim Cash Tate. So Mrs. Kim, thank you again for joining us on and just, today's episode. You can call episode. me Kim. Miss Kim. 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 Oh, Kim. Uh, okay. Kim. <laughs> Kim. Uh, listen, there's there are some women in my life who they just get a Mrs. No matter how, like they treat they're older than me, but they treat me like like we're sisters. And so I'm uh-huh. like, but you, but I still gotta call you Mrs. Like our pastor's wife, I like call uh-huh. her Mrs. Adrian, and I'm like, I can't call you Adrian, but my husband calls her Adrian, so I'm like, oh, I can't do that. So yeah, okay, Kim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kim. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, first question: Who are you to Jesus? Who are you to others? And what do you do with the loaned oxygen our God has given you? To Jesus, I am 
someone he has known before time began and who he looked upon as this lost child in the world (laughs) (laughs) for much of my life who he saw as the wild child in college and he said I have a plan for her. I need that one. That one right there. <laughs> I'm gonna, she's going to be mine, and uh, I'm going to redeem her. So, so to Jesus, I was just, you know, he saw me as that that person in need of salvation, and uh, praise God that he did save me when I was 27. So I always think that was kind of late in life, but <laughs> um, you know, maybe not for some people, but um, but he saved me at 27. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so to Jesus, I am now, thank God, a friend Mm, That's good in this life. And to others, who am I? I am, uh, I am a wife of 26 years to my husband, Bill, and, uh, a mom to my two college age kids. They are 20 and 22. Mm -hmm. And of course I'm a daughter. I am all those things. And, um, just someone who is desperate to cling to God. That's... Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, what do I do with the lone oxygen? That God gives you. What you do God with your time? You. What you do? What do you do? Let the people know who you are. What you doing? <laughs> I do. Uh... <laughs> I usually hate this question because I'm like, I don't want to talk about myself, but we got to do it. <laughs> I, well... I'm actually in a very new season of life. So for many years, I most of my time was spent at home homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So I homeschooled my kids through high school. So that took the bulk of my time. So it's really only been in the past two years that I have been able to move into a new season. So I write books and I, I was doing that as well while I was homeschooling, but I write books. I'm an author and, um, Recently, I have become a singer-songwriter. So God has opened up new things to do with um, my oxygen <laughs> in the, the last... vocals, though. The vocals. So he has, <laughs> he has shocked me with yeah. the, the things that he has opened up. So acting, singing and songwriting, creating a web series, all those things have just happened in the last year mm. at my age. So that's, that's our God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, is, he is, you know, his grace is amazing and I'm learning more about more about that as I go you know we never we never experience all of God in any particular season he's always growing us always growing us and always um, causing us to rely on him for the things he has called us to so I'm learning that more and more that's good that's good thank you for sharing that (laughs) so uh, (laughs) next question is um, how did you get your start now that we've learned like kind of what you've done um and especially in the more recent years with um singing songwriting being an author being a speaker hosting a conference which we need to talk about because that's yes. coming up soon yes. um how did you start and i you mentioned that the lord saved you at 27 um that's right right 27 that's correct okay mm-hmm. at 27 and so how has his faithfulness to you carried you um, into what you do now well when I was saved at 27, I was an attorney. It seems like a lifetime ago. So I had the career that I, I had chosen mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. And when I had kids, when they, when they were toddlers, he had me to leave that career. Mm-hmm. And that I would say that began the journey of relying on him because my whole life growing up, 
it was in my mind and it was taught to me that you don't rely on anybody, not mm-hmm. a man, mm-hmm. nobody. You gotta be independent, <laughs> so right? Have you have, your own. Independent, you have your career, you have your own money, you have all these things. And so right. that's what I had done. I right. was making six figures and okay. I had done what I had purpose to do. Mm-hmm. And God said, I'm going to strip all of that from Dang. you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after I made partner, he took me like, walk away from it. Wow. So I walked I'm six figures. I was a stay-at-home mom. And so I would say that really began the journey of just trusting in the Lord and what his plan would be for me because mm-hmm. I that was a whole new thing for me mm-hmm. to to just be, not just be a stay-at-home mom, right, but right, that, right. you know, in my mind, just like, what am I doing with my day? Right. Like <laughs> oh, you went from working out of the home to, you know, yes, in yes. the home. Yeah. So, so that started that journey of, and it was really, um, when I left my law career, I had just had a book to come out. So he was already moving and changing what um, what I did. So mm-hmm. I my first book, memoir called More Christian Than African American. And so that book, that book was published. That book was published in 1999, believe mm-hmm. it or not. That seems like so long ago. 1999. And. Um, so that was my first book and that's where he was, began to, um, let me know that he had had a calling on my life to write, which Mm -hmm. I always loved writing, but I, you know, I didn't know that I would write books. So that's how that journey started. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, that's, that's crazy to have the Lord call you out of what you thought was going to be like a lifelong thing into, you know, it's like, Hey sis, I need you to sit down with your kids and you're going to teach them and yeah. then I'm going I'm to have you writing too. So I wait, hold up. That's not what I went to school for, Lord, but okay, we're going to roll with it. And right, so right, right. with that in mind, um, and even that part of your story just like oozes the need to cling to God, especially um, because you're, you're being taken out of what was comfortable, what you had yeah. sought after, you know, you said yeah. the six figures and all of that, now to being called to be working in the home. Um, and working mm-hmm. from the home. And so mm-hmm. um, in, in, you know, thinking about clinging to God, um, how has your regular time and study helped propel, p- propel you into the cling ministry that you do today? Like, how did those early grassroots days prepare you to do what it is that you do now? Well, actually, it was it was in that time that I even um, that he brought about the whole cling ministry I would say Mm. because it was when I was home I left my job and I actually thought I would be writing more I had the one book that had come out and Mm. I thought I would be writing more but there was no time to write because the kids were toddlers like Mm. one and three I Mm -hmm. wasn't doing anything I wasn't doing any writing so (laughs) so I was a bit frustrated at first but but it was a time actually to just get grounded in the word Mm. so that's when I really started studying inductively Mm -hmm. when my kids were um, taking naps I would just sit down for two hours at the kitchen table Mm -hmm. with my cup of coffee and I just started in Genesis 1 and I just marched from book to book Mm -hmm. in the Bible but it was during that season I would say around the year 2000 it was during that season that I was I had gone from Genesis Exodus when I got to Deuteronomy that was when that word cling jumped out at me (laughs) so I literally studying Deuteronomy. I would go really slowly through each chapter. I would sometimes spend a few days in a chapter and just 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 studying slowly and, and picking it apart. And um, 
that word clean just jumped out at me and and it was I just immediately just it just resonated that wow God wants us to be that close to him and, mm-hmm. and so I just I just started talking to the Lord about that and I just started praying Lord help me to cling to you mm-hmm. so that was almost 19 years ago wow. um and so as I began praying that I didn't know what that what would come from it but I just knew that in my heart that's what I wanted to have that type of a close walk with God mm. and, and an intimacy with God and so um, so years went by where that just became my regular routine to um, study the Bible it, it, from either uh, when they got older it was in the morning so even while they were homeschooling that was my um, the time of day I looked forward to to just get up early and get into the word of God. It was like I, that time was my protected time. If I didn't get to anything else, I was going to have that time with the Lord. And so um, that I, I, I know I would refer to it now as my cling time, mm. but I wasn't thinking of it right. way then. But I was. Yeah, it just was important to me. And so I think just as I was seeking the Lord through those years and Lord, what do you want me to do? Because mm. I thought you called me to write, but you know, I thought the kids would go to school when they got school age. And that's when he called me to homeschool. Mm. And so I just, <laughs> I didn't know what, right. so a lot of those years were spent just in prayer mm. and really asking God, what, what, what do you, what is my life? What is my life? <laughs> what, what do you, if, if, if you, if I got it wrong and you didn't call me to write, that's fine. But I just want to know, I just right. want to know that I can hear from you and, right. and, um, and what you're calling me to do. So a lot of those years were spent just really seeking the Lord for his plan for my life and mm-hmm. wanting to understand that and, and being in the word and growing in the word. And so those, that was those years. Now I really know were foundational mm. in terms what I do now and I do the same thing now I still wake up every morning 19 years later I'm still waking up every day and um that's still my favorite time of the day just Mm. being in the word of God that's beautiful and as I (laughs) as I was listening to you talk about that it's so funny how all of this is flowing into the questions that I'm asking you but um with regard to how it was um in the I, I guess you could say like you said that foundational season like there wasn't a whole lot of movement. It was that mm-hmm. privacy, you know, like yeah. that offline yeah. that, you know, in the yes. in the, the fringe hours, you know, where you had the time mm-hmm. to do this. And before the, the public ministry began in the sense, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Listening. And then this is one of the main reasons why I want to bring you on is because I love and I was just telling my best friend this the other day that something that I love about women like you is that the as a young woman i'm 25 25 years old and what i see Mm -hmm. in my my generation is that everyone is trying to do what god called them to do right and i believe it's Mm -hmm. a beautiful and honest pursuit that we should Mm -hmm. be you know fired up for the things of the lord we should be fired up for what it is that god wants us to be doing with our life and then with our time Mm -hmm. but i think two things tend to happen one we create this idea of God that he's more interested in what we can do for him than who we mm-hmm. can be um, yes. and how we can be more like him and getting to know him. And yes. then two, it's just like, well, if you feel this zealousness to go out and do something, just do mm-hmm. it, you know, just, mm-hmm. just put yourself out there. But correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. What I'm hearing from you is that in your story, particularly that didn't happen that way. 
it was, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, that the Lord will often put you, you know, behind the scenes. He will, he will groom you, mm-hmm. he'll conform you to the image of Christ, and he will sanctify you so heavily in those seasons that when he does, and if he does, push you out into the public space that, you know, you've been spending enough time with him to know who he is. You know, if he's mm-hmm. called you to lead worship and you got to say a verse or something in between, you ain't going to pull one out there that don't mean what it is. You know what I mean? Like, God's using the not being out front all the time yes, to yes. make us into who he wants us to be. And I think that's so important for women in our generation to hear and to see an example mm-hmm. from you in that because literally everyone was a start of ministry, you know? And I'm just like, that's good. Yes. The, the, the desire yes. is good, I believe. Yes. I'm just, my concern is for us, it's like, we can be so zealous. And I've too, yes. many seasons, had to sit down and be like, look, I don't need to be doing anything right now, but spending time mm-hmm. in God's word. Like, it's mm-hmm. not time to produce anything. It's mm-hmm. not time to do that. It's time to get still, be quiet before the Lord, learn his word, learn his character. Because mm-hmm. if and when he does call me to do something, I want to be ready. I don't want to be out here, you know, having to recant statements when I hit 80 years old. Right. Saying, I right. mean that. Right. I really mean that. I know what I'm talking about. And I've had to do that when I looked at um, the, the way mm-hmm. I was doing things like, you know, four years ago, which is like, that wasn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't the way. Um, and nobody want to have to repent. And, and we're always, yeah, we're always growing too. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I had the advantage and, and I'll call it an advantage. I had the advantage of there not really being social media, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, during, yeah. Those, during those years. Like, I, I can't believe it when I think when I was in those foundational years I spoke of, there wasn't even YouTube. Mm. Can you believe that? Mm. <laughs> like, I'm dating myself with that. <laughs> YouTube is, re- is relatively new. Yeah, I, it you is. Know? So um, there was no, when I, when my first novel came out, that was 2008 mm. and uh, Twitter and Facebook were just becoming a thing right. for like people jumping on the Twitter and stuff. So it's it's. I remember these things like mm-hmm. when they first when they started. But prior to that, so I I actually uh, regard it as an advantage that mm-hmm. there wasn't social media because mm-hmm. I think I think it is. In some cases, I'll just call it a temptation a temptation to. Put yourself out there mm-hmm. and make a name for yourself. You know, a blog, podcast, channel, whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. and begin to do ministry mm-hmm. be- before the Lord may be ready for yeah. you to do that. Yeah. Um, because everybody else is doing it, and it's right. just so easy. Just put yourself out there and not having spent that time mm-hmm. really knowing God, because we do think that the call is somehow more important than just spending time with the Lord right. and having intimacy with the Lord. And right. so I, I did a video um, a few months ago called Intimacy. And well, I actually did it. I did an article first with that same title mm-hmm. for Desiring God. Intimacy is the main thing because it's the main thing. Right. And we get it, we get, you know, backward. We yeah. want to, we want, we go after the call. And I was guilty myself just mm-hmm. seeking God for the call, the call, mm-hmm. the call. Like, Hello. Right. <laughs> How about you? What just about me? With me. <laughs> just spend time with yeah. me. It's actually enough. Yeah. And because somehow we think we'll miss God and we'll miss the call and we'll miss what we're supposed to do. But if we're spending time with the Lord, mm. it's his call. It's right. his ministry. You're yeah. not going to miss it. He right. knows how to establish <laughs> his, his will. He is actually well able to do that. Mm-hmm. So if 
so when we make him the main thing and intimacy with him the main thing, we'll be surprised at how he establishes what he has called us to do. And it, we're not striving and we're not doing any of those things. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and this flows right to the next question. But when you, when looking at the, the culture's response to pursuing purpose and calling and destiny, how do we keep a Christ-centered and intimacy-driven approach to stewarding our gifts wisely? We have to spend time with the Lord and spend time in the Word. Mm-hmm. It is a must. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're... You can't call yourself pursuing purpose or calling mm-hmm. and you don't even know the Lord that well. Mm. And you don't know. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't you don't have to uh, be a scholar in right, the word because right, we're, right. All, we're growing. But right. You ought to be in word. Right. <laughs> if you never if you're never studying, you're never seeking the Lord, then what are you endeavoring to do for him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you don't even don't even know his heart. You have to know his heart, his ways, his right. will. You right. have to be familiar with those things, you know. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to make this a scholarly activity. There are things that he calls us to do that, that it might be go make a meal for your neighbor. I'm not right, those are different right, things. Right, but, right. But that doesn't we're require a whole lot of people. We're talking about people actually setting up, you know, right. ministry online right. and those kinds of things. Yeah. And, and endeavoring to lead others. And that's when I think there is uh, a responsibility mm-hmm. to be seeking the Lord. So you keep it you have to keep that mindset of um, this is first and foremost about my relationship with the Lord and me growing in the Lord and me submitting myself um, to his correction and to his um, oversight. And I'm mm-hmm. submitted to him and I get my direction from him because right. if you can't lead out of what are you leading out of? There has to be a well within you. Mm. A constant well that's flowing from what what you're pouring in from the word. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, Mm. then you will (laughs) bear fruit and and glorify the Lord. So you have to constantly be abiding in the Lord and his word abiding Mm. in you or else what fruit are you putting out there? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, that's good. You teach it. <laughs> um, man. Uh, yeah, that's really good. And I think, too, um, when we're talking about, like, pursuing that intimacy with the Lord and clinging to the Lord, um, we can't discount the fact that we're not called. Like, even, I mean, it's a reality. Like, God has called us in the Great Commission to go out and make disciples and teach them mm-hmm. to obey His commandments and baptize them mm-hmm. in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all that good stuff. I mm-hmm. think, like, even when we look at Old Testament um, scripture, right? The biggest part that I see is the Lord revealing Himself in such a way that the people would learn who He was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would impact the way they did everything the way they did their yes. work the attitude they had about mm-hmm. their work the way that they mm-hmm. responded to the commandments of god um mm-hmm. you know god saying hey uh i want the sacrifice to be like this and you know it's mm-hmm. like okay i don't want to be so i don't want you to be so more focused on the doing of it but mm-hmm. what if any like i mean i've had conversations with friends about this like i don't know how people stayed alive in the old testament because it's like you had to remember a lot of stuff 
Um, and I mm-hmm. think the best at memorizing scripture because like, you just had to know your stuff. You know what I mean? Right, but right. I think even still in God instituting the many laws and such that he did in the Old Testament, he was getting to what is the heart of what I am telling you? Yes. Because when yes. you're when you're out and you forget for a moment the thing that could be life or death for you, if you remember mm-hmm. the Lord, which it's a mm-hmm. big part in Deuteronomy, remember the Lord. Yes. Remember the Lord yes. your God. Uh, yes. You will walk according to his ways and you will mm-hmm. do the things that he called you to do because mm-hmm. you rem- you're mindful of him in everything. Yeah. And so when we're yes. tempted to just, you know, um, like Paul David Tripp says in his book, it's called A Dangerous Calling, um, that mm-hmm. we have to be careful not to be just going to God for what he wants us to do, but for who mm-hmm. he is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think that's really good. And I really love the series that you did on intimacy with God and pursuing God-sized dreams, which y'all, I'm going to link down mm-hmm. um, in the show notes. But... Um, that was so good and helpful to me because I was telling my husband, like, at the beginning of this year, um, you know, with everyone getting their planners out and everything, it's just like, yeah. it feels such a pressure to, oh, I need to know what I'm going to do in quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, and quarter right. four. Before, right. the, before the clock strikes January 1st, it's like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I needed to get married, you know? Mm-hmm. That was the main thing mm-hmm. on my list. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, feeling this pressure to do and to produce. And I was just like, you know what? And, and your series came on time because I felt that the Lord was telling me, like, Ayana, don't worry about all that. That will take care of itself. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that I won't lead you to do the things that I want you to do? And you've been mm-hmm. spending time with me and I can mm-hmm. show you the way I can show you the ugly self about yourself. I can show you all of those things that will put you in a better spot to be whatever, doing whatever I want you to do. And so yes. I really enjoyed that series. Um, just I'm so on time, on time. Um, and and you talk about planning. I didn't I didn't know I was doing that series until a couple of days before I did it. I never planned anything. <laughs> I just the, God, the Lord just like drops it, and I'm like, all right. And you're <laughs> that's like, what okay, we're doing. I see that. Let's okay. do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I don't plan yeah. out my none of that. Mm-mm. Yeah, and if and the only way that you can get to a place like that with the Lord is if you are clinging to him if you're pursuing him right um, right it just doesn't right. happen through like osmosis like you just can't i can't stand next to kim cash tate and get what she got from the lord because she got it from the lord like no i gotta seek god for myself like yeah uh, yeah we're exactly. different people. we all have yes yeah yes I, and for me and and i think that actually makes it an adventure you yeah. know when you're not because because when you're clinging to god you don't know what what may come next that's why i said this past year none of that was planned i didn't Mm. say you know i think i think i want to act and then i think i want to sing like none of that none of it was planned it was literally god just dropping new things and and me trying to catch up and say oh are you serious (laughs) is that what we're doing okay i need a whole lot of grace and i need you know a whole lot of wisdom a whole lot of but um yeah i don't i didn't plan anything I've done in the past year it's just happened and mm. but then only God can get the glory mm-hmm. you know because the meetings that need to be take you know taking place and this and that and to just do it yeah. because God is in control mm. is just a different way to live mm. but I, I love, I love yeah. it yeah yeah and it's it's been blessing all of us so Lord keep doing what you're doing for sister over here because she's helping us out he's God. <laughs> So, um, for the next question, uh, how would you say we can best combat the, pr- the pressures to uh, produce over-intimacy with God? Um, 
you know, when we wake up and we're like, oh, I have this thing I need to do for God. How do we how do we keep that intimacy with God at the forefront? And how does this practically look in your life? I think for me, it's um, as I said, having those daily mm-hmm. disciplines of being in the word. And I call it a discipline because sometimes I do have things that I want to I'll have deadlines mm-hmm. or something that needs to be written up and needs to be done. that needs to be done and I could easily just jump into that and mm-hmm. start moving mm-hmm. but I force myself to say no <laughs> I have to be in the word first and so that I think putting those things first because then you're looking to the Lord and mm-hmm. you're in the word and it just changes your whole mindset mm-hmm. where you're not saying okay I have to do 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 mm-hmm. and then you say no I'm going to sit down and just hear, mm. hear from the Lord yeah. and let him direct me. And sometimes the thing that you wake up thinking you need to get done, he gives you a whole different set of um, priorities mm. and a different perspective as you're in his word and something mm. speaks to you. And he, you see something that just changes your whole direction. And so I tell myself, no, you're going to get in the word first and I don't care how crazy the day is because this is this is what you need and this is what's going to order the rest of the day and right. when we do those things um, we keep that perspective of what's more important mm, that's good that's good yeah uh, disciplines spiritual disciplines prayer yes Bible reading yes. Uh, yes. worship all of those things yes I yes. think sometimes we can underestimate how powerful God is in those things um, yes. to give us a perspective yes. that's necessary to say okay right now my mind is on my to-do list right now my mind is on mm-hmm. doing this thing or completing mm-hmm. this task or meeting this deadline but more important than those things are are the god who gave me the lone breath the lone oxygen mm-hmm. to be able to do those yes. things and I, I should yes i should i should pay him a visit you know i should meet with god right because right. <laughs> he's right. the only one right. that's sustaining me right now so i can't do nothing for yes. jim yes. sally tanya and them if i ain't alive to do you know what i mean so i got and, and i love how you mentioned worship because i um i work out on the treadmill several mornings a week so even before i get to bible study i work out mm-hmm. and i listen to worship music while mm-hmm. i'm working out so nice. i get i get that that yeah. also um does so much for my mind first thing in the morning and just to get on the high of just getting your your spirit and mind and yeah. everything where it's supposed to be yeah that makes a huge difference yeah and too i think that something we have to debunk is you know especially with quiet time culture is that it is okay if you can't get to your physical bible immediately like god is not looking at you like hey sis um your bible wasn't out though like like you said if you start your morning off on the treadmill worshiping the lord be like hey yeah that's good or if you're in the shower and you have to turn on your audio bible or if your kid is you know cutting up and you just need to pray in that moment ask the lord for his help and wisdom for the day that is just as much as uh, pursuing intimacy with God. Because, like, if you think about it on a, a husband-to-wife level, you've been married for a mm-hmm. long time. It's like mm-hmm. intimacy is not just in the bedroom. It goes beyond there. Mm-hmm. It's like in your day-to-day mm-hmm. conversations and mm-hmm. your, um, you know, texting each other and seeing how you're doing and all those different things, mm-hmm. the, the things that you do for mm-hmm. that person. It's more than just, okay, I got to sit down here and open my Bible. We want to get there. I'm not saying yeah. don't get there. Yeah. That's the right. goal, get right. there. Right. But the Lord does not yeah. write off 
the other things like prayer and worship and things of that nature is being insignificant mm-hmm. because it's not time right. or word. So, yeah, yeah um, that's really helpful. Um, so as a woman who many younger women like myself and the faith look up to, um, what do you think is the most important thing we can do with our time from your perspective? Having, having you know, lived your life um, and, and seen just different seasons of life come and go, what is, the, what is the thing that you could say we could do with our time that would be the most valuable and beneficial to us in the long run? I'm not saying you're not old, old, so it's not like, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to date you like you're like 70 or nothing. But, you know, you, you, you older than me and most of the women who listen to the podcast. So I'm like, okay, you got some nuggets for us, so go ahead and drop them. <laughs> you are such a sweetheart. Um, the most important thing you could do with your time, I would say each day to build in what I'll call cling time. Mm. So building cling time with the Lord. And and I don't mean that to be not I'm not talking about making a to-do list. I'm not talking about um okay, I gotta give God ten minutes. Right. I mean I mean just a natural part of your, your day. Of course we, we we've talked about um time in the word. But I'm saying be conscious of the Lord during the day. Like mm. if you're, if you are driving, mm. take that time to talk to the Lord. Um, you could be talking to the Lord while you're washing dishes, yeah. while you're in the shower, while you're all the, just being conscious of the Lord. That is huge because mm. he's the only one who's with us all day, every day. Yeah. And we waste so much time, mm. you know, like some people, some people can't be home without the television being on. Yeah. Turn the TV off. Mm-hmm. Just turn it off and yeah. get used to having that quiet space in your head where you can be talking to the Lord mm. and hearing from him. Mm. I hardly ever turn anything on in the house because I want to always have a frame where I can hear from the Lord mm. and I can just lifting up my thoughts to the Lord um I might get a phone call and I know for me in the flesh I'll get an attitude really quick about stuff you know (laughs) I just get a bad attitude but I need to like so I'm like constantly I don't whatever it may be just like okay Lord now you know she is really getting on my nerves so he is really getting whoever you know whatever situation is getting on my nerves like and I'll just talk to the Lord like that. Like, please mm. help me mm. get my attitude straight. Just I just it's like but just having that cling time where you just automatically lift those thoughts up to the Lord, whatever's mm. going on during the day. Or mm. or maybe you're walking outside and you see uh I'll see a species of bird mm. and be like, Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah, you know, like, like you did noticing that. things in like yeah. you did that. It's yeah. the sunset, whatever. All these things, just just being conscious of the Lord and giving him thanks, giving him praise, mm. taking your concerns, taking all of the, that will make a huge difference in your day. Apart from being in the word, which can often just be a to do list thing. Mm-hmm. If you want to be in the word and you want it to get your meeting with God and, and, and cherishing that time. But just throughout the day, I would say that's one of the biggest things that we can do with our time is redeeming those moments. Yeah. And again. A minute here, two minutes there, an acknowledgement here, but but you are conscious of God all day, and mm. so it's not about. And did I pray to God today? No, I've been mm. talking to God all day because right, that's right. just what 
we're always in the flow. He's with me all day. So yeah. There's like a constant constant dialogue going and that that'll make a huge difference in your relationship with the Lord Mm -hmm. that's good and I think too um growing up like kind of taught um to teach uh, not teach Lord pray like really formally you know and as I got older I was like I know I was introduced to different churches and such and different Christians I was like wait, it's okay to not to say Father God after everything or it's okay to not like have to get on my knees every time I pray or I don't always have to close my eyes or bow my head. Like I can talk to God in the shower. I can talk to God while I'm like Mm -hmm. on the floor writhing in pain because of like, you know, that time of the night. Like I can talk to God wherever. And I think that um, there's Mm -hmm. many women who struggle. I know I struggled with that for a long time. I've been in the church since I was a little girl. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, God's not, and the Bible speaks to this. Like, when you pray to God, Mm -hmm. don't hype up or, um, you know, build up for yourself this lofty speech and all this high language. Like, if that's how you you talk to the Lord, that's fine. But if that's not how you talk to the Lord, that's not how you approach to the Lord. He is totally fine with you talking to him like a friend because he is your friend. Mm -hmm. And I think that's Mm -hmm. so encouraging Mm -hmm. to know that um, and to even, uh, I loved seeing this in the Clean series, but how Ricky was talking to God just so openly in every single moment. Mm -hmm. Like, God, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be with this man right now, but... You know, he ain't, you know, I'm not going to spoil too much because I'm sure there are people who haven't seen it yet and I want y'all to go watch it. Um, but that's not a spoiler alert, I don't think. Right. But um, just hearing how beautiful it was to see modeled for us prayer and the cling series and how we can approach God like this. And he is not going to like be like, no, that's the wrong way. He's like, yes. no, he invites us and welcomes yes. us to commune with him um and of course we don't want to like mm-hmm. go off the rail but communing in him communing with him in a way that right. is relational and personal to right you know our individual self yes yes amen and that was a big thing that i did want to show in the series i wanted her relationship with god to be the main relationship not just you know the men in her life but with god i wanted that yeah. to be the central relationship to explore so yeah um I wanted to show her, show her going to God. And then you would know when she's not going to God. Right, (laughs) right, right, right. And we see those nuances. Y'all just listen. If y'all have not watched the Clean series yet, like John Piper says, don't waste your life. Go ahead and hop on that. All will be there for you to check in the show notes. There should be no reason why you have not watched it. Literally every episode is amazing. Then she uh, plays some of her music from the soundtrack at the end of the episode. And it's just awesome. And you've got to read the comment section, too, because that's lit. It's just like, oh, it's like a whole community down there. Everyone's like, oh, you saw that? Like, yeah, girl, I saw that, too. You know everything I think before the thought unfolds. Wow, ladies, I hope you all enjoyed today's conversation, part one of clinging to God in a purpose-driven culture with Ken Cash Tate. I am so excited for you all to hear the second part of this conversation where we talk about um, her work with cling and just how that has not 
encouraged her to keep going through her work in ministry. We talk about her experience with being a black Christian woman um, and spaces where there's not much representation of women of color and how that has played out in her lifetime, as well as so much more that you have to stay tuned for the next episode to find out what's next. I know some of y'all are probably like, who is this singing in the background? I've played from the beginning of the episode to now the end of the episode. Um, just a couple of songs from the Cling the Series soundtrack featuring none other than Kim Cash Tate. The song that you're currently hearing is called Just Let Me Cling. And the one previously at the beginning of this episode was called Cling To You. Uh, so definitely support her music. She's a beautiful voice um, and... We, we talked about some in her episode that she just didn't know that the Lord would bring this gift out of her. And so I'm grateful he did, because let me tell y'all, I have listened to this album on repeat, 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 and it's everything and more that my soul needs, especially when I'm having a crusty morning and I just need a little uplifting. I throw on that Cling the Series soundtrack and get my whole life. So um, definitely check out the links to these songs in the show notes. Um, purchase, stream, do what it do. But now we're going to get into question and answer time. Every episode, it is my goal to answer a question from listeners on what they want to know concerning theology, the Bible, culture, and everyday life. This episode's question comes from a listener who asked, how are we able to test a prophecy told to us using God's word? I've been skeptical quite a long time, especially from the church I used to go to, where it evolved to prosperity, money, and not the gospel of Jesus Christ. First of all, sister, I am so sorry that um, this has been your experience. I know firsthand how tough it is to come from a church like that into sound doctrine, into sound teaching, and you're just skeptical of everything. You're side-eyeing everything because it's like, I don't know what's real. Like, I don't know what's what. Is this real? Is what this person's saying true? Is this what this person's saying like in line with the Bible? Um, and what I want to say in response to your question um, is that you have to be very prayerful and ask the Lord to help you to temper your skepticism um, because it's so easy to be skeptical of any and everything that comes your way because you're dealing with the, um, I guess you could say, fallout from being in a church like that or leaving a church like that. And so what you want to do is make sure you ask the Lord to help you with that um, because there, there is a way that he calls us to be critical thinkers and to, and to have opinions and such about the things that we're hearing in light of God's word, to compare it with his word, but we don't want to be cynical to the point where it's like, oh, anything that I hear, you know, it's, it just has to be wrong. Like um, a part of discernment is not just seeing what might be wrong with something, but being able to see what things are praiseworthy and what things are helpful um, and light of God's word. And so that is my number one for you, that you would ask the Lord to help you to put off your skepticism um, and to replace it with um, trust that he will lead you in the right ways, um, that he will teach you his word, and that he'll bring you to a place where you can think critically about things and not um, with, a, with a skeptical or cynical mindset. And so um, in terms of uh, testing a prophecy that's told to us using God's word, I want to focus on that, that terminology that she used there, uh, a prophecy told to us 
using God's word. Now, when we're talking about biblical prophecy, I like to put it in two types. There's your foretelling, and then there's your forthtelling. Foretelling would be if we were to look at the prophet Isaiah or the prophet Elijah or Jeremiah, so on and so forth. They were tasked by God to deliver a message directly from God to a specific people that was supposed to warn them of impending and coming judgment that God was going to bring should they not repent. And so these or these types of prophecies um, were strictly um, given to called prophets by God in those specific times to deliver a message to a hardened people who could not on their own because of their hardness of heart hear from the Lord and the ways in which he normally spoke through his laws, through his commandments, etc. And so because of God's loving kindness, because of his graciousness and his mercy towards his covenant people and even the surrounding nations who he was letting like, hey, y'all, y'all get this together too. Not just my people, but these people as well. He would send prophets who he would give exact words to speak to those nations, to his people. And so with that in mind, this was not something that you know, someone could come off the street and say, oh, well, God told me to tell you this. Like it wasn't that type of ballgame because it's very clear in the Old Testament books. I want to say in Leviticus um, that if someone spoke presumptu presumptuously on behalf of God and that thing did not come to pass, that's how you knew they were a false prophet. If what they were prophesying was not something that came to pass, you knew that they were a false prophet. But even in that, you also had to be careful because we see even with the example of um, Pharaoh and his magicians, when God tells Moses to throw his staff on the ground, it'll turn into a snake and so on, so on and so forth. He gives him these different plagues to, um, to do. Um, even some of them, Pharaoh's magicians and sorcerers were able to uh, duplicate or mimic. But it wasn't of the spirit of God or God's doing and power that they were able to duplicate or mimic these things that Moses was doing. It was based solely off of dark, evil spirits and forces um, that come from Satan. And so even when we're looking at prophecy in the Bible, we want to make sure that we're distinguishing between what consistent things God has been telling his people through his laws and commandments that were established already, that now when he brings a prophet on the scene to now proclaim a message from himself, he's not saying anything new in the sense that he's not saying anything that's not in line consistently with what God has been teaching and what he's laid out in his laws. It's in line with that. It's not anything new to the point where it's like, oh, God's never said this before. Like, God's never told us this. We've never known that God felt this way or had this position on sin or whatever it may be. And so the prophets were always, in a sense, also foretelling. And that leads into the second type of prophecy that I like to distinguish between. Um, and in foretelling, it is literally proclaiming the word of God from the word of God. And so it's prophetic in nature because you're literally saying the things that God has said already ready. These aren't new things that God is saying. These are things that God has already said through his living, breathing, active word that's sharper than, to any, than any two-edged sword. And so when we're talking about testing prophecies that are told to us using God's word, the main key indicator um, of whether or not that's a prophecy that we want to um, heed is, I mean, you definitely have whatever position you have, whether prophecy is still for today or not, I do believe that it is. Um, and I believe that the main way in which we will see prophecy in today's time is through foretelling. 
forth telling people proclaiming the word of God to a people who either have had the word of God lost in them. They've forgotten God's laws and commandments that, you know, wherever they find themselves in their life, there's a word from God in scripture that applies generally to his people that someone is proclaiming to an individual or a group of people. And so my my view on uh, prophecy today is that the main way in which we see God expressing himself through prophecy is through his word. Because the words are living. They're not stale. They're not old. They're not archaic. God's words are living. And so if he's going to be prophesying or using a voice in our culture to be prophetic, he is going to use it primarily um, from his word and them speaking from the word, not bringing things out of their mouth to say, well, God's word says this. No, they're going to start in the word and they're going to speak from the word. They're not going to speak from themselves and then try to apply scripture to it. Um, I also do believe that there are, um, we do see some, <laughs> some foretelling in a sense of prophecy um, in today's times. And I don't believe though it is the normative. I believe the normative is foretelling, producing prophecy from God's word that it's already established. It's already written. We're not coming up with anything new. But I do believe in specific instances, and this just being because of who God is and him being so magnificent, so powerful, and able to do whatever he wants to do, I believe that there are instances and circumstances, again, not the normative, in which God will um, speak a word through a person that is specific to an individual um, that would not have been known other than God revealing said thing to a person. And so, um, again, though, like I said before, I do not believe foretelling in today's culture and times is the normative, but I do believe that it is possible. Um, and so in answering your question, how are we able to test a prophecy told to us using God's word? We want to first distinguish whether or not the person that is expressing or sharing this prophecy with us, if it is um, in line with scripture, because if they're going to use God's word to speak a prophecy over your life, then that means whatever they're saying to you must come to pass because it is in God's word. And so if that thing does not come to pass, it, it, it was not from God because any prophecy, whether it was in Old Testament biblical times where we see these things playing out in different prophetic books uh, like Jeremiah and Isaiah, um, for example, um, and we see these things playing out in real time in those in those uh in those books, um, if they did not happen, God was not speaking to the, through that person. And so that is a key indicator whether or not that thing happens. But the key is to not get hung up on what someone prophesies to you um, and whether or not that person is saying it in the spirit of God or they are speaking of the spirit of Satan. Um, we need to make sure that we are reminding ourselves to um, look at if that thing is happening or not and not getting so wrapped up in, oh my gosh, this person told me this. I'm going to live my life according to this word that they gave me and we'll see if it happens one day. Absolutely not. That is not the way to do it. The way to live your life is according to the word of God. If someone happens to come along and, and, and give you a prophecy of any sort you're to test it against God's word by looking to see if what they're saying is actually biblical. Does this go against the revealed nature of God? Does this go against the way that God has communicated 
in scripture? Does this go against his laws and commandments? Does this go against what he is, um, what he has expressed in his word that is his plan for all believers at any given time point in history? If it does, exit out. And then also too, you want to keep in mind that if someone is giving a prophetic word to you or speaking a prophetic word over your life, you also want to make sure that you are, um, so deeply invested in the authority of scripture that even if someone told you something that let's just say it comes to pass and it happened, that you're not worshiping, you're not ending up worshiping the person that told you or gave you the prophecy instead of the God who allowed and used them as the vessel to carry that, you know, that message or whatever to you. And so, um, you know, if, I mean, it's a big thing today. People worship prophets, quote unquote prophets. Not all of them are are prophets, but a lot of people worship them. Um, And, you know, we don't want to, that's, that was never the intention of God using prophecy in scripture, using prophets in scripture. Prophets are actually hated people. Like people actually didn't like prophets in scripture. They wanted to stone them. They wanted to kill them because of the messages that they were bringing. And so I'm not saying that every person with a, you know, ominous message or bad message or whatever is from God, but I am saying that those who were speaking prophetically to nations and to uh, groups of people, and, and even individuals like the prophet Nathan and uh, prophesying to David about his sin against Bathsheba, um, that they are people who are delivering a message that naturally rubs up against our sinful nature. And so um, we want to also keep that in mind. So All in all, um, test prophecies against God's word. You want to distinguish between what kind of word is someone giving you? Are they proclaiming a word from the scriptures to give to you, which would be, you know, surefire prophecy because it's foretelling? Or are they saying, hey, I know what's going to happen to you in five years and God told me to tell you this. Okay, cool. Pray on it. Seek the scriptures. See what it says. And look to see if that thing comes to pass, but don't orient or bank your whole life on it. Cause there's some women out there who've been prophesied that they're going to have children and they, they still have not had children yet, or they've suffered miscarriage after miscarriage. There are people out there who have been told that, you know, your husband's on the way. I've been prophesied that over my life many times, long before I met my husband, we got married and it was not true. It was just simply not true. And so you want to make sure that you are keeping those things in mind as you are navigating the prophecy waters. If you have a question you want to hear answered on the show, visit our website, click the podcast tab and submit a question via the respective link on the page. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. You can keep up with the ministry by checking out our website, thebiblicallysoundwoman.com, following us on social media, setting up for our newsletter, and subscribing to the podcast to stay up to date on the latest episodes. We would absolutely love it if you left a review on iTunes, letting us know how you enjoy the podcast and the ways in which it has served you well in your season of life. By scripture we live, by scripture we die. This has been your host, Ayana Mathis. Until next time.